The Morning Blend, a triple shot of Catholicism, conversation, and coffee on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. And a very good Friday morning to you, January 26th, 7 a.m. Brenda and Pat with you on The Morning Blend. Eric, our producer, joining us as well on this last Friday of January. Oh, I never thought about that. This really? is it. Make the most of it for sure. Good morning, Pat. Wow. <laughs> I lost a week there somewhere. <laughs> it's funny how being stuck indoors and, and trying to uh, weather the storm, so to speak, kind of took a big middle chunk of the month out. But just uh, next week, Monday, Tuesday, what, Wednesday? That's, that's it? it. Yeah, you're and right. And then we're moving into February. Uh, we're less than... T- uh, Less than three weeks away from Lent. This Friday, whoa, really? <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Less than. Yeah, February 14th, right. That's okay. it. This Friday feels a lot better than last Friday. A lot better. That's right. I will not forget for quite a while as we were attempting to get up here, being forced to turn around and sliding on the ice through the intersection. My guardian angels were uh, uh, protecting me and our guardian angels, I think, were protecting all of us in the station. Now, you did have a little bit of an adventure yesterday because the storm did some work down south and and you had to go check it out. I think we've got it fairly rectified, but we've got to go back. Okay. So yeah, and it's it's into the woods. So as I explained to Eric, once we got to the to the property, he's thought he's thinking it's just right there, and I'm like, no, no, no. This is where the adventure begins because the pavement ends, and now we're on logging roads for okay. another seven miles. So, so we, how did that logging area look? Because I mean, just around the Portland area, we can see that there's still a lot of trees down, cut, so that way the roads were clear. Uh, not how as did many it look trees there? down as I expected to see. Okay, uh, and somebody had gone in and 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 pretty well cleaned it up. The problem we had was once we got to a certain point, we didn't have the right gate key. Somebody had changed the lock. On the gate? On the gate. Yes. So we essentially, now we got things kind of shaped up by the good Lord. Our lady took care of that. It wasn't us, but it, some something got fixed, you know, and I think it was because the electricity came back on. It but, came uh, back on. And... Yeah, we essentially were dead in our tracks. We, you know, <gasps> they, it's a huge, big steel gate. You can't get around it. And, oh, no. Uh, if you can't open it, you're stuck. Oh, so, gosh. yeah, we were stuck. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) that's a long way to go down to find out you don't have the key anymore. But things are kind of resolved. So we're we're going to go back. We're going to get the right key and and get it taken care of. Yeah, I'm just happy there was no snow and uh, everybody's safe and sound. And, you know, Eric had his chainsaw and boggles the mind what could have gone wrong with that <laughs> yeah i was i was worried that you were going to get like a puncture in a tire and we'd have to change the tire i was also afraid that it'd be super muddy because it's been so Correct. rainy right. and right. everything so like that many factors but right. uh yeah. no it was it was pretty smooth riding until you know iron gate and you know, it's not like the movies you can't just like bust through <laughs> no, that thing no. Uh, you know i i would have liked to have seen you guys try that though that would have been a good ending to the I, day i don't think the tucson yeah. was going to win the battle with the gate yeah this, we're talking about a big steel gate okay not just yeah a little sure 
you know, flimsy fence thing. Gate. Yeah. This okay. is solid. Yeah. Well, now the next adventure begins because now you're going to have to try to track down whoever it is that changed the lock and try to get a copy of it because who knows who that could yeah, be. Yeah, that's like searching for the Holy Grail right there. <laughs> that, but we'll find it. We'll, okay. we'll get into the maze later this morning and figure it out. Get the key. Go get back. The key. And you know what? We'll keep you apprised of the adventure. But needless to say, Cottage Grove is on. And uh, that's that was the main thing we needed. Well, so. just invoke the intercession of St. Peter, Keeper of the Keys, and maybe oh. you'll be able to get there. So Great every advice. day is an adventure, especially for <laughs> us here on the Morning Blend. In fact, today we're going to talk a little bit more about it as we move through the show. But today is National Have Fun at Work Day. Oh, well, so we you that guys, that's what I was going to say. I mean, really here, at least on the Morning Blend... These two hours is a whole lot of fun. Now, what happens after and sometimes in between can be a little difficult. We know ministries like this, we're always under attack of the of the devil likes to kind of get in the way of us uh, proclaiming what God wants us to do. But change as, locks. As far as these two hours are concerned, these are good days. These good hours. Very, very good hours. Very good hours. Great way to start the day. Oh, good. So we're going to talk actually a little bit more about that because not everybody... I'll say is as blessed as we are to have really fulfilling types of jobs, but that doesn't mean I've had a few of those jobs. Have you? <laughs> yes. Have you been in those before? <laughs> uh, I might know a good deacon who has had ha, has had his share of yeah real uh, difficult okay. days too. But that doesn't mean that we can't find fulfillment if we just change our perspective on the work that we're doing. So I'm going to talk about that a little bit later in the show. So stay with us today. Yeah. What do you got coming up? Well, also coming up, there is a really exciting event that I just found out about that's going to be going on in conjunction with the NBA All-Star Game. Really? And it involves a Oregon sports hero. And uh, this is exciting news. David Endress? Maybe so. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. I haven't seen David's shot, but... uh, He's tall, though. He is a tall guy. But so David does, did play professional basketball. Did you know this? He played for the Washington Generals when they played against the, the Globetrotters. Against the Globetrotters. I do kind of remember a story he got about pantsed. that. I believe they, you know, there was a, when they shoot a free throw, they pants them, you yes. know. I think David was the guy. That was the guy. Yeah, yeah. so he does have a background in sports. Yeah. I'm, good. I'm sure there's a picture of that somewhere. <laughs> so we have a great show for you ahead on this oh, Friday yeah, we morning. We're going to start things now with Stephen, Cur- Curtis Stephen and Today, it's no ordinary day. We are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Good morning. I wake up so early in the morning. I yawn and wipe the sleep from my eyes I wake to see the brand new day is dawning Filled up with new graces from on high Hope floats on the winds of the morning Birds singing for a God who does provide Songs dry eyes beneath the wings of eagles Alive. I 
the ground I'm bursting out with your spirit in excitement What was lost in your mercy has been found The trees are swaying to the rhythms of redemption Simple melodies with the beauty so profound Let all the world join with the choirs of angels Creation now resounds. Hallelujah, we lift our hands to heaven. Hallelujah, let your praises fill the sky. Hallelujah, each day a new adventure. Hallelujah, Lord be glorified. It's no ordinary day. Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. That's Curtis Stephen and No Ordinary Day. It's No Ordinary Day. It's Friday, 710 on the Morning Blend with Brenda, Pat, and Eric. And coming up, a fascinating interview. We are going to be speaking with Joe McGivney. And if that name sounds familiar, yes, he is related to Father Michael McGivney, the founder of the Knights of Columbus. He's going to talk to us about addiction and recovery, a miraculous story just ahead with Joe McGivney. Plus, we'll check that weekend weather forecast next at Mother Day Radio. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. Join Mater Day Radio and Holy Cross Priest Father Jim Gallagher in prayer with the morning offering. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day. For all the intentions of your Sacred Heart, 
in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, in reparation for sin, for the intentions of all my friends and associates, and in particular, for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources, and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit MaterDayRadio.com. Amazing parishes form the backbone of our vibrant Catholic community. Mater Dei Radio is all set to salute these outstanding churches and their members as our Parish of the Week. Every Tech Tuesday at 840, our digital disciple Sarah Kinsey joins the Morning Blend to reveal our weekly winner. Tell us the reasons why we should recognize your parish by sending an email to info at materdayradio.com. That's info at materdayradio.com to nominate your church as our Parish of the Week. From the uplifting choirs to energetic youth groups, dedicated service ministries, and delectable potluck dinners, what are the things that make your parish family stand out? Let us know and then catch the Morning Blend on Tech Tuesdays at 840 for the big announcement. Your church could be our next Parish of the Week with a hearty tribute on the Hail Mary Media app and Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. 713 here at Mater Day Radio, high of 47 and a low of 44 today with a 100% chance of precipitation all day. The first chance for a break in the weather is Sunday afternoon and Monday morning as through today and tomorrow a slow moving system is going to make its way with heavy rainfall coming along with it. Atmospheric river. That's it. In fact, in news today, I'm going to talk a little bit about that because they're, they're a little concerned about the weather we've got coming, not because it's going to bring so nice, but the amount of rain and the melt off. Ooh, that'll come with uh-huh. it. So stay with us in news. Currently, 43 degrees at Holy Redeemer Catholic Church in Vancouver. And a little drizzle coming down at St. Rita's in northeast Portland, where it's 43 degrees. Our minds, and we know our faith, tells us that God never abandons us, even in our darkest times. But when we are in the middle of those dark times, it's nearly impossible to see God working on our lives until the storm is over. For those working through addiction, author Joe McGivney knows well that darkness and coming through the storm can look back on the miraculous healing that led him back to his family and to God. Now, Joe shares the details of his new book, You're a Miracle, My Story of Alcoholism, Miraculous Healing, and God's Infinite Power and Love. Joe is with me today to tell us more about it. Good morning, Joe. Thanks so much for joining me today. Good morning, Brenda. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you for writing this book and being so open with your lives. And uh, it's just wonderful that you are open about your journey and your healing. Now, first, I'd love to talk to you about Knights of Columbus member. They should recognize your name. The founder of the Knights is Father Michael McGivney. How are you related? My uh, great-grandfather and Father Michael are believed to be second cousins. Uh, they, um, Father Michael's dad and my great-grandfather grew up uh, literally kind of down the street from each other in a uh, little village in County Cavan in Ireland. You rely on him, I know, through this journey, and we're going to talk about it. So let's start with your family. Tell us a little bit about uh, your upbringing and, and your family that is with you now. Sure. Um, I was born and raised on the south side of, <clears throat> of Chicago, in a predominantly Irish Catholic neighborhood. 
and I was raised as a cradle Catholic. Um, both my mother and father were wonderful, loving, supporting parents. Uh, it, it, I truly grew up with an idyllic childhood. Um, I was the oldest of two younger sisters. And we, uh, yeah, it, it was a beautiful upbringing, wonderful upbringing. You talk about your addiction to alcohol. Was there a point in your life where you remember being introduced to alcohol and how that affected kind of the way you move through your teen and, and young adult years? Yes, I, I can remember it like it was yesterday. Uh, my love affair began on a hot night, summer night. I was in between my seventh and eighth grade. And I was hanging out with some friends out in front of somebody's house. And his older brother came out and we asked, hey, where are you going? He said, well, I'm going to the liquor store. And somebody chimed in and said, will you get us some beer? And he said, if you give me the money, I will. And we did. And he came back with enough beer for each of the six boys that were there, each of us to have three cans of old style beer, which is a Chicago thing. And it's the most awful beer on the planet. But that said, um, I had always felt like I didn't belong anywhere. Uh, I, I lacked confidence. I lacked self-esteem. And even though I was a really good student, a good athlete, I always felt less than. And that night, as I'm hanging out with the guys trying to belong, I, I took that first sip of beer and nearly vomited and said, but if I'm going to belong, I got to get this beer down. And by the time I finished those three beers, I was, I changed. I mm. felt different. And I know I no longer felt like I didn't belong. In fact, I felt like I was suddenly charming and handsome and smart and funny. And all of my anxieties and my self-doubt just drifted away. So I remember that following morning as well. I woke up with my first hangover. And I think most people at that point would have said, oh, I'm never going to do that again. I feel horrible today. I couldn't wait to do it again. Wow. I, want, I wanted to get that feeling back that alcohol gave me. If you are just tuning in, Joe McGivney is joining us today. His new book is You're a Miracle. And in it, he recounts his journey through alcoholism and addiction and his journey back to God and to light. Well, Joe, then what? So you were chasing after that high, even though it left you feeling so terrible. When did it become a problem when you realized that you were an alcoholic and it was affecting your life and your relationships? It's, you know, it really continued like most for most people with alcoholism, it progressed over time. And after, uh, you know, I, I when I entered high school, I went to an all boys Catholic high school called Brother Rice uh, in Chicago. Mm -hmm. And I started to become a weekend warrior drinker. You know, we would with a group of guys go out on the weekends, go to parties and so on. And so I was drinking every weekend. But as we um, entered my senior year in high school, I, we had more freedom, more of my friends had cars and could drive. And I started drinking nearly every day. And then once I was, you know, graduated high school, and moved on to college, I became an absolute daily drinker. Um, but I do want to clarify, I wasn't fall down sloppy drunk every day. Okay. Um, but alcohol was a part of, you know, my life now. 
And after college, when I joined the real world, uh, again, I, I found my coworkers that liked to drink and they became my new friends. And I just, you know, my alcoholism con- continued to progress. Um, I ultimately was married for the first time, had two beautiful, wonderful children, but my alcoholism continued to get worse and worse and ultimately, you know, resulted in the end of my very first marriage. Um, so at that point, it, it was clear I had a problem but I wasn't willing to accept or take ownership of the fact that I had a problem. Now, Joe, coming out of Catholic boys school, obviously that your faith was a part of your upbringing. Was there a point in your life through the struggle and through the breakup of your first marriage that you turned to God and said, okay, this is the time, this is enough. And I'm going to turn back to my faith and I'm going to work through this. Or did you along with everything else, just push God to the side? Yeah, sadly, it was the latter. Mm. Um, You know, once I no longer had to go to church and went off to college, I really just stopped going. And I, you know, in hindsight, I just didn't understand what was in it for me to maintain a tie, you know, a tie to the church into my faith. I, I was very, very selfish, flawed. And I just, again, just said, well, you know what? I don't need. I don't need God. This, he's not doing anything for me. This, you know, my life's my my responsibility, not sure. his. And I just drifted away. Well, and you know, as parents, we look back and we recognize that maybe within our own lives too, that it is during those college years where we think we know everything and we don't need to rely on anybody and we end up falling into just just dangerous situations. So Joe, for how many years then were you daily drinker and kind of wrapped up in this uh, addiction? Yeah, I, I was a daily drinker really throughout my entire adulthood. Um, but I was, while I was an alcoholic, I was a highly functioning alcoholic. Uh, I had a very successful career in the investment industry. I, my two children went to private schools. We went on, you know, over the top, wonderful vacations. Um, so I was functioning, but my alcohol, my disease continued to progress and I started ultimately becoming a blackout drinker. Wow. And that um, actually destroyed my second marriage. So uh, after my first divorce, I met the love of my life, my wife, Nicole, uh, who I adored and treasured. And I started, you know, initially not drinking very much when we were together. But over time, it took over and now I was a blackout drunk and I burned that marriage to the ground. So there I was now two divorces and still not willing to accept the fact that I had a problem with alcohol. Through your adult life, the drinking continued and well, COVID happened. And this is where your story really takes a turn. And I want to find out more about this and how through all of this, you were led back to faith and God and healing. But Joe, I'm already coming up against my break. Can you stay with me through the break so we can continue in our next half hour? I would love to, Brenda. Thank you. 
7.24 at Matraday Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. And you know, Brenda, Saturday is grocery day at my house. Oh, I can appreciate that. Yeah, and if you're headed to the grocery this weekend, well, you can help Catholic Radio at the same time. It is the Community Rewards Program from the good folks at Fred Meyer. And if you aren't involved with that, it's real simple. You can just link your, your Fred Meyer card right to Matraday Radio. And every time you make a purchase, we're going to benefit from that great program the community rewards program it's a way for you to shop for the cause shop for catholic radio and details are available at matradayradio.com support for matraday radio comes from our leadership circle members including mount hood hospice for more than 40 years mount hood hospice has been serving those in their final stages of life with loving care in east multnomah and clackamas counties with a compassionate medical and spiritual support team Hospice services are provided wherever the patient lives. With the top listing on Medicare's Care Compare, information online at mounthoodhospice.org. Support for Matraday Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. As we surpass three decades of broadcasting, all of us at Mater Dei Radio are thankful for the many blessings this special radio ministry provides to our Catholic community. To ensure that our faith continues to thrive in today's media, we hope you will consider including Mater Dei Radio in your estate planning. There are many estate planning options to choose from, but one way would be to include Matraday Radio as a beneficiary in your will. More information on estate planning is on our website at matradayradio.com. The Morning Blend, brewed in the Pacific Northwest, guaranteed fresh every day on Matraday Radio, the station dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary. 726 at Matraday Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. And an Oregon sports hero is going to be featured at the NBA All-Star Game. We'll tell you who that is and what they'll be doing next. And in the Archdiocese of Seattle, the Partners in the Gospel was not the only big initiative and push that the Archbishop uh, had to deal with. He talks about some of the other highlights from the year in his annual letter. And I'll talk to you about that coming up in news. Here is Dan Bremnis. He knows. And we are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. I know you struggle and you're wrestling with unbelief. You feel the fire growing cold. Your broken heart is beating heavy like the air you breathe. You're in this valley all alone. So where do you turn? Where do you go? Well, he knows every pain, every tear that you've cried, every single part of you. And he knows every doubt, every fear that you've fight, the battles you've been going through. And when it feels Just let 
taste the bitterness of suffering It always leaves us asking why But I believe that there's a reason for everything If we could see through his eyes Cause he knows every pain, every tear that you cried Every single part of you And he knows Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Dan Bremnis, he knows it's 7.30. In his annual letter to the people of the Archdiocese of Seattle, Archbishop Paul Achen reflected on what he called the manifestation of the Lord's presence and grace at work and what he saw during 2023 and looks ahead to the challenges and joys of 2024. The Archbishop highlighted the launch of Partners in the Gospel, the Archdiocese Strategic Planning Initiative, as well as building bridges with cultural communities around the Archdiocese and across the globe. Archbishop Achen highlighted attending the National Black Catholic Congress in July, saying it was a joyful educational and thought-provoking event for me to learn more and honor the experience of our Black Catholics. I will be a better pastor for having spent time learning with members of our Black Catholic Advisory Circle. He also shared the work being done between the Archdiocese of Seattle and Native American communities within their boundaries, and also the work from the Synod on Synodality as he was a voting member and also talks in Japan on nuclear disarmament. Alabama death row inmate James Barber was executed earlier this morning after the U.S. Supreme Court denied his request for a stay despite his claim that lethal injection could result in cruel and unusual punishment. Barber was sentenced to death for the 2001 murder of 75-year-old Dorothy Epps. During his appeals process, Barber asked the U.S. Supreme Court to prevent the state from executing him by any method other than nitrogen hypoxia, an alternative to lethal injection that is allowed under Alabama law but had yet to be used before this morning. 
Barber argued an execution by lethal injection would violate his rights under the Eighth Amendment, and he asked to be put to death by the nitrogen gas. At St. Joseph's Catholic Church in Vancouver Thursday, homeless people came to find hope for a second chance. Project Homeless Connect held its annual event on the same day as the count to connect people in need with services like health benefits, housing resources, pet care, even haircuts. Outreach workers started counting homeless people early Thursday in Clark County as part of the point-in-time count. They'll try to document the number of people sleeping outside in vehicles and even in emergency shelters. The Project Homeless Connect event provides a good start while also helping people get the support that they need all in one place. Results of the count will be released in May. While it's common knowledge that the results are only a rough estimate, the data is needed for the county to qualify for federal funding and other resources. This was an event that we had participated as a family before. It really gets the whole community involved. The parish opens up their large Marion Hall for community services to come in, and then the parish volunteers are there helping people, directing them. They provide them a warm lunch and then they kind of guide them through resources. I believe at one point the eighth graders were there serving lunches uh, to those in need. Fantastic. The 27th International St. Francis de Sales meeting organized by the Catholic Media Federation in partnership with the Dicastery for Communications at the Sanctuary of Our Lady of Lourdes is wrapping up today in France. Alessandro Zazzotti, director at Vatican Media, describes the benefits of this gathering. It is important to have uh, exchanges of ideas uh, and to create a network that is very, very important for us, for the Dicastery for Communication, to promote, not to be the leader, but to promote uh, space and opportunities to create a network uh, between journalists of different uh, uh, output, uh, different media outlets, so radio, newspapers, televisions. The Catholic media professionals are addressing the changing habits brought about by the return of war to Europe, the arrival of artificial intelligence, and the Synod on Synodality initiated by Pope Francis. An atmospheric rever is sent to arrive today in Portland and southwest Washington, bringing soaking rains and warmer temperatures. Oregon and Washington are still recovering from last week's winter blast that left many trees vulnerable to the impact of more rain on an already saturated ground. Coin News is predicting two to four inches of rain possible from now through Sunday. In addition to falling uh, rain, warmer temperatures are pushing snow levels to nearly 6,000 feet. So we can already, we can also experience rapidly melting snow that could add to the chance of minor flooding. By Sunday and Monday, high temperatures, Pat, going to be close to 60 degrees. I saw that. That's incredible. It is. So you know the old song, Take Me to the River, I guess, the river's coming to us. Coming to time. us. Don't need to go far. <laughs> hey, in sports, this is going to be really cool. Two of the best shooters in basketball are going to face off against each other in a unique competition at the NBA All-Star Game in Indianapolis. Golden State Warriors guard Steph Curry and WNBA star Sabrina Inescu, a legend at the University of Oregon who now plays for the New York Liberty, are going to square off in a three-point shootout as part of the weekend's activities. That's coming up the week 
weekend of February 16th through 18th. I want to see this. Inescu and Curry are actually very good friends. You may recall that Inescu, before she came to Eugene, is from the Bay Area. Oh, really? So they're, they're actually buddies. And I know when she was at Oregon, Steph was always encouraging her. So this is going to be cool. This will be fun. Look, my money is on Sabrina. Really? Yeah. They are not going to go easy. I guarantee you they will not go easy oh, no, on no, each other. No. They are both going to enter that ready to win. Even though it's for fun, they're still going to want to win. I can't wait. This is this, this all because usually All-Star is kind of a throwaway weekend. But no, this now it's got consequences. <laughs> now we've got the battle of the sexes. I here, love so. it. <laughs> well, earlier in the beginning of the show, we talked about how today is national fun at work day. Yes. We know for the two hours of the morning blend, it's nothing but fun around here. But, you know, sometimes it can be frustrating and you're feeling trapped in your job and that's not for you. But your bills need to get paid and sometimes it seems there are no other options. While the Bible may not explicitly address these modern job frustrations, these verses serve as spiritual support and encouragement, offering a positive perspective as you navigate the complexities of your work life. If you open the Bible and turn to Proverbs 16, verse 3, it says, Entrust your works to the Lord and your plans will succeed. So when faced with job-related struggles, entrusting your efforts to the Lord can bring a sense of peace. It encourages us to rely on God's guidance for success. And if you open up to Psalm chapter 37, verse 5, it says, Commit your way to the Lord, trust in Him, and he will act. This verse encourages us to surrender our concerns to God, trusting that he will intervene in our lives. It provides assurance that our faith will guide us through challenging job situations. Boy, Pat, people might think because here at Mater Day Radio, we're a Catholic news station, so it always just flows so easily being in ministry, but you more than any of us can recognize how difficult it is working in ministry, especially when we have to align our will to that of God's because we want to take control of things. That's true. That is the thing I struggle with every single day. And it's like, don't get in front of the Holy Spirit. Don't That's get right. in front of the let, let God work, yield to his will. Right. It, it's easy to say much harder to do. No but doubt. We have fun doing it. Don't we, we? certainly do. <laughs> It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. Well, this Saturday, January 27th, down at Mount Angel Abbey, the Christian in the World Lecture Series begins. This is the first part of four lectures on the Christian in the World Series, and this year the theme talks about the monastic spirituality and its relevance for a Christian living in the world. This lecture is by Brother Ambrose Stewart, and he will answer the question, what is is monastic spirituality. And if you want to answer the question, what is going on in our Catholic community, visit our website, materdayradio.com, for the rest of the community calendar. Well, the atmospheric river is going to make things soggy this weekend. We'll check that weather forecast and continue the inspiring interview Brenda conducted with Joe McGivney on overcoming addiction. That's next at Mater Day Radio. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Jade Bistro and Patisserie, located on Southeast 13th in Portland's Selwood neighborhood. The Jade Bistro 
Bistro is family-run, serving Vietnamese and Thai cuisine with influences from France and Laos. French pastries are available daily. Open Monday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. Information can be found online at jadeportland.com. Please join me, Father Tony Galati, in the prayer to St. Michael the Archangel. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, thrust into hell Satan and all evil spirits who wander through the world for the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources, or to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit us online at matradeiradio.com or check the prayer section of the new Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Support for Monterey Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. Mater Dei Radio is pleased to welcome Father Mike Schmitz to our broadcast family. Catechism in a Year with me, Father Mike Schmitz, is now available right here on Catholic Radio. Encounter God's plan of sheer goodness for us, revealed in Scripture and passed down through the tradition of the Catholic faith as we journey together toward our heavenly home. Tune in to Catechism in a Year every night at 11, right here on Mater Dei Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. 742 here at Matra Day Radio. High of 47 and a low of 44 today. Given the heavy rain and the snow melt, there's a chance for smaller creeks to swell and areas with poor drainage to pond. Areas with recently lost trees from the snow and ice storm do have an elevated landslide risk, so do be careful out there and stay inside if you can. Currently, it is 43 degrees at St. Rose of Lima Catholic Church here in Portland. And it's warmed up to 45 at Our Lady of Perpetual Help, St. Mary's Catholic Church in Albany. And I am back with Joe McGivney. His new book is You're a Miracle, My Story of Alcoholism, Miraculous Healing, and God's Infinite Power and Love. This book is available online for purchase. And of course, you can go to any one of our great Catholic bookstores and they can get a copy for you as well. Joe is joining me today sharing his story of alcoholism and how he found strength, healing, and God. Joe, thanks so much for staying with us today. Sure. Thank you for, again for having me, Brenda. Well, for our listeners in our first half hour, you kind of led us through this journey. And for some, we would realize that the amount of alcohol that you were taking in every day for, as you said, years and most of your adult life, I mean, that is just incredible. 
In 2020, we all learned of this word called COVID and and we didn't know what it was, but we all were affected by it. And we realized that, yeah, this was going to be something that we were all going to have to deal with. And you chose to deal with this in certain ways. So tell us a little bit about how COVID impacted your drinking. Sure. You know, for me, like I feel most people, when COVID lockdown began in early March of 2020, my fears, my anxieties just spiraled out of control. And I think most people turned to their friends, their family members, their faith, their church to find comfort. Uh, my only solution was to go back to what I love more than anything, which was vodka. And in the morning, the moment I woke up each morning until I either went to bed or passed out each night, there was vodka flowing through my body and more importantly, through my brain. And so that started in early March. By the time December of 2020 rolled around, uh, December 30th, my body and my brain had started rewiring and I collapsed on the floor. Uh, my wife, Nicole, who, by the way, had come back to me, was able to get me to a hospital. Uh, otherwise, I would have probably died that night. And they admitted me to this hospital. And that began, the, it was the beginning of a nine-week odyssey where I was in and out of institutions. And they detoxed me. But I started, again, mentally because of brain changes, structural changes in my brain, I started getting worse and worse and worse until I reached a point where I was completely psychotic. And my last stop where they finally figured out what was wrong with me was a locked psych ward here in West Palm Beach, Florida. And they identified that I now had Korsakoff psychosis, which the data is frightening. Uh, once you reach your brain reaches that place, there is no coming back. There is no healing. And um, my family was told that they had to figure out where to put me for the rest of my life because I was violent. I was hallucinating. I didn't know who anybody was. I was frequently restrained and there was no way they could send me home to my wife. So they, they said, look, you got to find a home for him. So, Joe, you're relaying this story like maybe you're reading it in a book. Do you remember any of this or did you wake up one day and it was like a dream? It's the latter. I actually, and thank you for pointing that out, I have zero memory whatsoever of what occurred during that nine-week period. And I, after they transferred me out of the psych ward into a place that agreed to hold me for 30 days while Nicole find a found a permanent home for me. They checked me into that institution. They put me to bed and I woke up the following morning completely healed. No deficits, psychological, physical, none. And I wake up in this room and I'm looking around. There's a bed, there's a nightstand, there's a window. And I'm like, where am I? And how did I get here? Well, over the then following days, I learned that I had been transferred there from a psych ward. I learned that I had been completely psychotic. I started to, people filled in the blanks that maybe what happened to me was truly miraculous. But now I'm in this treatment facility and I'm still an alcoholic. So God has already physically healed me. Hmm. But I still 
have a drinking problem that I have to solve. Okay. So during that period, um, I ultimately, as a result of a really traumatic phone call with my wife, Nicole, where she had finally again said, I can't do this anymore, Joe. I, I can't. You know, I want the best from you. I'm so happy you're healed, but I, I won't be here when you get home. In that moment, my life changed. I finally accepted the fact that I had a problem with alcohol. The therapist I was with in, in, when Nicole gave me that bad news said, Joe, there's an AA meeting starting in a few minutes and you need to go. And I, I, I pushed back. I said, you know, are you kidding? I was crying, sobbing. He's, I said, I'm a mess. I'm not going to some AA meeting. Somehow he convinced me to get there. And in the first meeting I had ever attended of AA, they started reading the 12 steps. Um, I came to learn that AA is completely based in God. Mm -hmm. And the third step reads, we made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God. When I heard them read that through my tears, I almost had this inner voice say to me, pay attention now, Joe. And I was hyper-focused on that third step. And like most day meetings, after that, a speaker got up and shared his story of how he had burned his life down, destroyed his relationships, destroyed his family. And then through the steps of AA, working it with a sponsor, he, he had recovered everything and then more. And that his life was filled with happiness and joy, and you could see it on his face. And it sounded like exactly what I wanted in my life. So, Joe, God, it's obvious we turn our lives over to God. God places in our lives people that help us on our way. And for you, God brought you your Aunt Jerry. Can you tell us a little bit about her pivotal part in your recovery? Yes, I will. My Aunt Jerry, who is a McGivney, uh, is, was, is a, a nurse. And during that medical odyssey that I was going through, she was my medical advocate and she was translating, I guess you could say, for my family members, what was really medically going on with me. And not so after I you know, got out of the treatment facility, I started going to AA meetings. I'm building this sobriety and this spiritual connection to God. <clears throat> and in a phone call with Jerry, I had shared with her that I had just joined the Knights of Columbus. I giving back and serving others is a big part of sobriety. And I said, it's about time I joined the Knights, and I did. And I shared that with my Aunt Jerry, this devout Catholic woman, that I had joined the Knights, founded by our relative. And she started crying and said, Joey, when you, when you were so sick, I prayed to God, to Mary, to Jesus, to anyone who would listen. But I fervently prayed to our relative, Father Michael. And everything kind of fell into place spiritually for me. I knew I had been miraculously healed, but I always wondered why me? You know, there, I certainly was not the only alcoholic or psychotic on the planet. Why did God choose to heal me? And it came to believe that it was the intercession of Blessed Michael and my beautiful Aunt Jerry's prayers that led to my miracle. 
And through that miracle, and Joe, you just mentioned about how you listened to a man talk about his addiction and how turning his life over to God, he was healed and brought out of the depths of that addiction. And now his life was more joyful than ever. So it's not been a long time, really, just 2020. So what has happened since that time? Oh, my goodness. Well, first of all, my beautiful wife, Nicole, who actually saved my life twice, once when she picked me off, off the living room floor and got me to the hospital. And the second time she saved my life was when she left me when I was in that treatment facility. Because had she not done that, I would not have gone to that first AA meeting. I would have gotten out of there and I would have started drinking again, 100%. Um, so life today is just incredible. Nicole and I have found our way back together again. Um, we now have this shared love of our faith and of our church and our faith is now at the center of our marriage. Um, Nicole actually yet the, this past year's Easter vigil was baptized and confirmed Catholic. Uh, she had completed the RCIA program. Um, and now I, I had been given the gift of being able to share this story of God's love and power. Um, and that's really why we wrote the book. We, we really had a couple goals in mind. Number one was to raise awareness of the cause of can for canonization for Blessed Michael. And two, to bring hope, and courage, and strength to people that are either struggling with addiction or, or are family members of someone struggling, they, you know, they struggle side by side together. Mm -hmm. So that's in our, our life, much like that man who spoke at my first aid, the joy that I have now, the relationships with my family, my children, my wife, my God are way beyond anything I ever could have conceived before. Oh, I, I'm just smiling listening to this story. And the word that sticks out to me, Joe, that you were just saying, hope. There is hope. And uh, you are a perfect example of hope and the way that God wants us not to just be happy, but to have joy flowing in every part of our lives. And it's a wonderful story. You are very raw with that. And thank you so much for sharing your book with us today. Let our listeners know the name of it again and how they can get a copy for themselves. Thank you, Brenda. Yes, the title is You're a Miracle with an exclamation point. Um, you can find it on Amazon by just searching for You're a Miracle. Um, you can also find not only that, but some other articles and some YouTube videos that have been produced by the Knights of Columbus about my miracle. Uh, you can find those at joemcgivney.com. Well, fantastic. Joe, thank you again so much for your time today. I appreciate it very much. God bless you. Thank you for sharing. Thank you, Brenda. God bless you as well. 754 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. And if you are in a situation where you're looking to recover from an addiction, we cannot recommend more highly Catholic in Recovery. Mm -hmm. It is a great organization. We have been so lucky over the past year to work with them. And if you want to find out, they have meetings going on all over the Willamette Valley. If you want to find out more about that, we've got it very prominently featured on Mater Day Radio's community calendar. All the meeting times, all the details on that. So if you need that help or are seeking that help, we've got it here for you on the Hail Mary Media app and MaterDayRadio.com. 
Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Tara Umara Children's Hospital Fund of Oregon. The TCHF has a 20-year history that is now focusing on the sustainability to support the long-term efforts of the mission in the Copper Canyon region of Mexico. Information is available on their website at tchforegon.org. Broadcasting the fullness of truth, this is Mater Day Radio, KBVM Portland, Salem, Vancouver, KMME Cottage Grove, Eugene, Springfield, translator K235BF Eugene, and streaming at materdayradio.com. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. What do you get when you cross a Catholic radio show host and a permanent deacon? A match made in heaven. I'm Deacon Scott Aiken from the Archdiocese of Seattle. And I'm Brenda Aiken from The Morning Blend. Work and family life can be hectic. We understand that together we'll find God's grace. We may not always agree, but we are always faithful. Listen on Friday evenings at 7.30 and Sunday evenings at 6 as we share stories about our faith, our family, and our view from the pew. Right here on Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. The Morning Blend. Two hours a day for two times the fun. Two times the fun. On Mater Day Radio, the station dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary. 756 at Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. It's the morning blend with Brenda, Pat, and Eric. And just ahead, graduation rates are at a record in Oregon. Ah, but there's a catch. Mm. We'll tell you more about that next. And the largest religious category in the United States is no longer Catholics. I'll tell you about who is now in the top spot and why this is, may not be so good for America. I'll have that story for you coming up right after Awaken the Saint. Hey everyone, I'm Sophia with Awaken Catholic and this is Awaken the Saint. Today we're looking at a saint whose ministry life was documented throughout the New Testament and in fact has two books in the Bible. Timothy was the son of a Gentile and Jew. It wasn't until he stumbled upon his lifetime friend and fellow apostle Paul that Timothy became a baptized Christian. On fire with his new Christian faith, he set out with Paul and Barnabas across Asia Minor to bring the good news to anyone who would listen. Their first stop, Macedonia. After some time of preaching together, the group began to divide and conquer in the name of Christ. Paul eventually left for Athens while Timothy and Barnabas stayed in Thessalonica. The hope was that Timothy would be able to judge the acceptance of faith among the Thessalonians. He'd make sure that their ministry efforts were actually understood by those they preached to and not just become surface level ideas to be quickly forgotten. Eventually the gang met back up in Corinth and they continued their ministry for many years together. After many letters and correspondences, Timothy then dropped off in the Acts of the Apostles. Not because he packed his bags and decided he had enough of the nomadic life, but because he would go on to become the first bishop of Ephesus in the year 64. Eventually, Paul was arrested, and it would be a matter of time before he was martyred in the faith. He sent for Timothy to say farewell to his friend who had traveled far and wide for the sake of the Gospels. It wouldn't be long before Bishop Timothy would join his friend and companion in the martyr's death. He was stoned in the year 97 after trying to preach against the celebration for the goddess Diana in Ephesus. 
Throughout the entirety of his ministry life, St. Timothy was known to suffer from some sort of stomach ailment, but this didn't slow him down from preaching with his companions, nor did his reserved and introverted personality. You're probably sick of hearing this by now, but as we all know, God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. He works through our shortcomings and shows us how those don't necessarily limit us to what we can do. In a public address from Pope Benedict XVI in 2006, he emphasized just how alive for the mission St. Timothy was. He said, indeed, the apostle entrusted Timothy with important missions and saw him almost as an alter ego, as is evident from his great praise of him in his letter to the Philippians. I have no one like him who will be genuinely anxious for your welfare. St. Timothy cared deeply for those he ministered to. They weren't just a number to be added to the church, but an individual soul who needed them to know that Christ came to die for them. Those of us in any type of ministry should do the same. But Sophia, easier said than done. Our pew numbers are down and it doesn't look so good to have an empty church or ministry event. I know, I get it. I work in parish life, but when we're on fire for the individuals having an intimate relationship with God, instead of simply growing our numbers with watered down messages, it'll reflect in our ministry. And our love for our brothers and sisters will actually be what encourages them to discover Christ. St. Timothy, pray for us. Awaken the Saint. For more information on the Saints and to pray with the Saints, just download the Hail Mary Media app. We've got some great prayer resources there for you, and you can find all the details on how to do that at matradayradio.com. It's 8 o'clock. Religiously unaffiliated people, often referred to as nons, now make up the largest religious category in the United States, according to a new report by the Pew Research Center. Pew News report released on January 24th shows that nons now account for 28% of the total U.S. population, outstripping the next largest group, Catholics, who make up 20%. The recent data is consistent with a long-term trend of Americans rejecting religious affiliation in growing numbers, with the percentage nearly doubling from 16% back in 2007. Although nons do not ascribe to a particular church or religious group and are much less likely to attend church services, not all are atheists. Only 17% of nons identify as atheists, Well, 20% describes themselves as not agnostic. And the majority of nons, that's 63%, simply identify themselves as nothing in particular. However, nearly 70% of this group do still believe in God. And once you ignite that fire, Brenda, look out. Because I was right. in that group for a long time, really? 25 years at least. So watch out. <laughs> the Oregon Department of Education released numbers indicating the class of 2023 had the second highest graduation rate in state history at 81.3%, tying last year's rate. That's as the pause in graduation requirements implemented in 2020 still remain, including any standardized tests to show mastery of reading, writing, and math. Those tests were suspended during the pandemic and will not be reinstated until 2029. Despite the increase in graduation rate, Portland State University reports that there's been neither an increase nor a decrease in Oregon student enrollment. So uh, let's take care, let's get rid of the requirements so more kids can graduate, and then that makes it seem like more kids 
are graduating. Well, the Oregon Department of Education says that that has no bearing on future success. Okay. That's what they say. Well, maybe check in with colleges and see what kind <laughs> of remedial classes kids are having to take. Well, with continued work to upgrade Portland's drinking water system, tests show a reduction in the risk of lead levels. KGW reports that while lead is still being detected in impacted homes, it's now below the federal action level. The city of Portland never used lead service lines, and the city says that all known lead service connectors were removed by 1998. However, a number of homes, most commonly built between 1970 and 1985, use copper pipes with lead solder, and other homes have lead, leaded brass faucets and other components. The corrosive water can reach lead from the solder and brass, causing it to be present in tap water to a potentially harmful degree. Now, exposure to lead through drinking water can lead to serious health health issues, especially for children and pregnant women. Father Sadius Wong Yishang was consecrated Bishop of Zhengzhou, China on Thursday, bringing an end to a 70-year-long set of vacante. The Holy See Press Office announced yesterday morning that Wang was appointed by Pope Francis as the Bishop of Zhengzhou on December 16th. The appointment of the 58-year-old Wang marks a change since the Diocese of Zhangshu has been without a bishop since the 1950s. The decision took place in the framework of the provisional agreement between the Holy See and the People's Republic of China. The Sino-Vatican Accord is a provisional agreement subject to modifications every two years. It went into effect in 2018, was renewed in 2020 and 2022, and is up for renewal again in October of this year. Firefighters responded to a fire at a Vancouver cemetery Thursday night. Officials said at about 8.45 p.m., crews responded to Evergreen Memorial Garden Cemetery and Funeral Chapel after getting reports the crematorium was on fire. When crews went into the building, officials said they noticed the roof was about to collapse. Fire crews were told to get out, but they were still able to gain control of the fire. Officials say there were no injuries and it is under investigation. In sports, the Portland Trailblazers have decided not to follow through with plans to protest Tuesday night's 111-109 loss at Oklahoma City against the Thunder. The Blazers had considered filing a rare protest with the league office to challenge the game's result as pandemonium broke out in the final seconds of that game and a double technical was called on Chauncey Billups, the coach of the Blazers, giving Oklahoma City the win. Protests have only been upheld six times in the entire history of the NBA. The last one, you have to go back to 2007 when the Miami Heat got one through. So I think they realized, as we discussed yesterday, the odds were very long and it was an expensive process. So right. why even bother with so it? So it, would it have made a difference in the season? No, no, okay. not at all. And I think that's important. But tonight's game will make a difference in the season. They take on the San Antonio Spurs to wrap up their game road trip in the Alamo City tonight at five o'clock. So here's a question for you, Pat. Did a Benedictine monk invent champagne? I say yes. I would say yes, yes too. How could something so good not come from a religious person? <laughs> well, in addition to Prosecco, champagne is very popular when there is an air of celebration. According to legend, this champagne was invented thanks to Benedictine monk 
Dom Pierre Perignon. Absolutely. The monk born in 1638 in Saint-Menehold, France, learned about wine as a child while his father worked in the vineyards. In 1658, he was welcomed into the Abbey of St. Pierre de Hautevillers, where he was ordained a priest at the age of 30, and he remained there until he died in 1715. Now, among the monastery's activities was the production and sale of wine, and Dom Pierre was given the responsibility for the cellars. And this is where the birth of Champagne has two possible versions. Mm. Now, the first one refers to an error. During the preparation of white wine, some bottles exploded, which made the monk realize that he could make sparkling wine. Oh. Now, according to the other narrative, however, Perignon would have added sugars and flowers during bottling, this causing a re-fermentation. Therefore, the monk should have mm -hmm. discovered that it is the second fermentation that, as they say, moves the wine. However, not everyone agrees in attributing the paternity of Champagne to Perignon. According to the Champagne Company, the story above circulated due to an 1800s embellished marketing campaign. I think they were just trying to take the credit away from the monks. I don't know if you ever had Dom Perignon, it, it is an I amazing not, experience. I have not, but I was telling you as we were preparing my daughter and son-in-law in their wedding in 2020, our goddaughter uh, and her husband bought them a bottle of Dom Perignon to toast for their wedding. They said they'll never be able to drink other champagne because that bottle was so delicious. It ruined it. All the others. It, it is. It, it's incredible. We'll but, but, you know, the fastest growing segment of wine here in Oregon now is sparkling wine. So would that be Prosecco? I mean, is that the term that we use for it? Well, I, I, they call it sparkling wine. And, okay. and I actually was sending out bottles at Christmas to all my friends and relatives of this sparkling wine just to share it with them. And the, the reviews were very positive. It's not champagne. No. It's sparkling wine. Sparkling wine because it com uh, doesn't you know, come from that right. region. And it's, uh, yeah, it was very, very popular Christmas gift. It would make sense because of all of the good wine that's coming out of uh, the valley around the Willamette Valley. Good so. stuff. Mm -hmm. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. Well, up in Vancouver at Our Lady of Lords School, they are having an open house this Sunday. Families are invited to the school's annual open house to visit with teachers, see the classrooms, and meet other families. Pre-registration for the open house is required, so go to the Our Lady of Lourdes School website to do that. But for other Catholic events in your community, visit our website, materdayradio.com. And we're going to be going to the hilltop next. Yep, headed down to Mount Angel. We have got our digital disciple, Sarah Kinsey, is going to check in with uh, Deacon Anselm, Brother Anselm. Deacon is Brother. To, Deacon Brother is going to be with us. And we've got that atmospheric river coming this weekend. How much rain are we going to get? We'll tell you more about that next. Support for Matre Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665.
Please join Mater Day Radio and Franciscan missionary Sister Anne Marie Warren with the morning offering. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with this holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. In name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources, and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit MaterDayRadio.com. It may be hard to believe, but Ash Wednesday and the start of Lent are just a few days away. Get ready for this special season with help from Mater Day Radio. Unite with us in prayer during our three daily broadcasts of the Holy Mass, the Sacred Mysteries of the Holy Rosary, the Chaplet of Divine Mercy, and Catholic Reflections that will enrich your life. Mater Day Radio is also eager to pray for your personal request through our prayer hotline. You can send an intention to our prayer team now by clicking the Pray button on the Hail Mary Media app and MaterDayRadio.com or make a call directly to the prayer hotline at 503-285-3737. That's 503-285-3737. Lynn will be here before you know it. Make sure you're ready to pray with the Hail Mary Media app and Materday Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. 12 here at Mater Day Radio, high of 47 and low of 44 today with a 100% chance of rain all day. Some places in the Pacific Northwest may see up to a foot of rain this weekend. There's a chance that small creeks might swell, areas with poor drainage might flood, and places that have lost trees may have landslide warnings. So just be safe out there. Currently. A foot. That, a foot. That, that's a lot of rain. Yeah. <laughs> Currently 43 degrees at St. Mary's of Guadalupe Catholic Church up in Ridgefield. And it's 44 at St. Patrick Catholic Church on the banks of the Malala River in Canby. This past December, the Benedictine monks at Mount Angel Abbey gained a new deacon with the ordination of Brother Anselm Flores. I'm Sarah Kinsey with Modern Day Radio, and joining me this morning to discuss this exciting step is Brother Anselm. Good morning, Brother. Morning, Sarah. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be with you and, of course, with everyone else. Well, Brother, I want to ask you how exactly it works that the monks have brothers, they have deacons like you, they have priests. Can you explain to our listeners how exactly that works in the Benedictine community? That's a good question. And actually, the monks get that all the time because, you know, in the monastery, we have monks who are just plainly living out their monastic life as brothers some who are actually deacons, permanent deacons, some who are transitional deacons on the way to priesthood like me, and then, of course, some monks who are priests. So what's going on there? What's the difference? And, you know, as monks, as a community of close to 50 men, all of our lives, the main vocation of our lives is to the monastic life, and we've all discerned that. What does that mean? It means we've discerned that God's call for us is to live in one community, under the rule of St. Benedict, under an abbot, and to live the daily life dedicated to prayer and to work. That's common to all the monks at the monastery. But at the same time, with all of us in the monastery, some feel called 
to the priesthood. Okay. And that is a discernment that happens with the monk in dialogue with his abbot and with the community. And if it's discerned that the monk is called to the priesthood, that is to be someone who leads the liturgical celebrations, someone who celebrates Mass, someone who hears confessions, Mm -hmm. someone who gives spiritual direction, if that's discerned for that specific monk, then he goes through the process that any seminarian would go through to become ordained a priest. And that's exactly the same for the diaconate, too. So that's, that's the main difference. All of us are monks at the Abbey. We all have that common monastic life. But out of the group, some are feel called by God to also minister as priests and as deacons. Thank you. That's a great explanation. And so, brother, you were just ordained a transitional deacon on your way to the priesthood. Can you share with our listeners, what was this ordination experience like for you back in December? Yeah, so it was actually a beautiful experience. One of the things that in preparation for ordination, one of the things you're supposed to do is to have a five-day intense silent retreat. You don't have to do it necessarily right before the ordination. You can do that sometime during the semester. But I happened to have mine right before the ordination. So I had five days of silent preparation. And then at the end of those five days, boom, the ordination. So it was perfect. It, It was a beautiful five days of silent preparation because one of the things that I was told before going on the retreat is one thing that you should keep in mind in preparation for the ceremony is you're in silence preparing for the Holy Spirit to come down upon you and to change you. At the moment of ordination, the highest point of the ordination is when you're kneeling before the bishop and the bishop lays his hands on you and the Holy Spirit is invoked to come down on you. And I had that that image I had that image prepared during those five days. And actually, another image that came to mind was the days of creation, too. Mm. Because in the beginning, when there was just a void, God's spirit went onto the void and created. And I felt that, too, that out of my own nothingness, the spirit came down and recreated me into a deacon. And so I was preparing mentally for that. And When it did happen at the ceremony, I really felt the presence of the Spirit close and inside of me. Wow, that's very powerful. I I love that image of of the Holy Spirit coming and making you into into something new. Um, And now you just mentioned the moment where the bishop places his hands on you. And that was a very powerful moment. I was was blessed that I got to be at your ordination. It was was just a beautiful day. But for those that weren't there or have not been to an ordination before, especially of of a deacon, which is going to be different than a priestly ordination, what are some of those key moments in the liturgy that someone would see as they are at an ordination mass? I think that's the key moment. Um, But I would add another thing too. Right before that moment where the Holy Spirit is invoked, right before that, the man who is to be ordained lays prostrate on the floor. Mm -hmm. So he's laying down with his head on the floor. And the whole church kneels and prays the litany of the saints. Right. And that's beautiful because what the church is saying is, okay, we're going to call upon the Holy Spirit upon you. But before we do that, Let's call the whole assembly of mm-hmm. the saints to be present and to pray for this man who is about to be ordained. That's a big reality. And it was beautiful because as I was laying down on the ground, 
And as each saint was named, so St. Matthew, pray for us, St. Luke, pray for us, St. John, pray for us. As each saint was named, I could feel the presence of the saint behind me. And I could feel the saint go, for your brother who has my name, I'm St. Matthew, but for the brother Matthew that's in your community, Mm. you're going to be a deacon for this man. So pray for him too. And I felt that with the saints who share the name of some of my brothers. Oh, wow. So uh, St. Paul, we have a Father Paul. Mm -hmm. St. Peter, we have an Abbot Peter. St. Gregory, Abbot Gregory. At each of those names said, I felt the saint say, you have a brother with my name. Mm. You're about to be a deacon. Your job is to pray for him. So do that. And so I felt that. And that was right before the Holy Spirit was invoked when the bishop lays his hands upon you. So it was, it was a strong moment for me. I love that very much. And, and you know, as, as all of us in the pews are praying for you, I, I was also thinking, you know, each saint and just, mm-hmm. oh, wow, like what, what a incredible community of saints that we have that are all praying for you. I mean, all the time, but especially in this moment. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and there was also a moment, I believe, you received the book of the Gospels. Is that right? Yes. That was another strong moment. And that's a confirmation of what the deacon is supposed to do. Mm-hmm. So the bishop hands the deacon the book of the Gospels, and he says something like, you are ordained now to preach the Gospel. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're supposed to minister by preaching the Gospel, but not only by words, but you have to embody what the Gospel is. Mm. And so you have to minister especially to the church's poor, but really to everyone. And not only the people in the church, but also to those who have never heard the gospel or would reject it. Right. Preaching to them, not necessarily by words, but just by being a good Christian Mm -hmm. and by being with them. Now, brother, we also at the ordination, we got a ordination card. Can you tell us a little bit about this? Sure. So, One of the traditions at our abbey is when a man is going to be ordained a priest or a deacon, or if he's going to make solemn vows, he gets to create a holy card, pick an image and pick a quote. Well, the image I chose was an image from Fra Angelico's Last Judgment. And it's too big to put on a card, but I I honed in on one specific scene. And I actually have, have an image here of it. I picked this scene. This is an image of heaven. It's the saints and angels in heaven. And it's such a beautiful scene because as I was reflecting, I thought to myself, this image is showing what a deacon is supposed to do. And what do I mean by that? The image actually shows saints and angels in heaven, but they're they're dancing. So they're holding hands with each other and they're dancing in a circle in perfect harmony and in tune with each other. And there are a couple of angels leading the dance. So you can't just have a random dance and expect everyone to follow. Mm-hmm. You, you need some people devoted to making the dance happen in an orderly way. So I thought to myself, this is an image of how the church is like in heaven, but how the church should and could be on earth. You have a couple of people leading the dance. These are the bishops, the priests, and deacons. And you have the faithful holding hands in time with each other, in harmony not stepping on anyone's toes, you know, mm-hmm. watching each other's feet, watching where the one goes. This is an image of charity. And you have the priests and deacons as the ones leading the dance, and you have the lay faithful together with the bishops, with the deacons, and with the priests 
dancing in joy around the throne of God. So I chose that image because I thought, wow, I, I want to be one of those people who leads the church into a loving dance around God and to make that a reality even now here on earth. Uh, I felt that's my duty now as an ordained minister. I, I have a responsibility now to model this sort of mm -hmm. heavenly dance, the leading the heavenly dance here on earth. Wow, that is beautiful. I didn't know all of that that was behind that card. Brother, thank you so much for your time today and sharing about this very important step for you. And please know that we'll be praying for you as you continue your journey to the priesthood. Yeah, thank you, Sarah. I'm always, I'm always happy to be with you. It is 8.23 here at Mater Day Radio. What a treasure Mount uh, Angel is for our community. And Absolutely. Many people oh, love to man. go up there and visit and pray. But the same can be said for all of our wonderful parishes here in the Archdiocese sure of Portland thing. and across the river in southwest Washington. If you love your parish, and I can't think of a person who wouldn't, why not let Mater Day Radio know what is wonderful about your parish and then yeah. maybe we will get them on the Parish of the Week. Next Tuesday, we are going to be introducing our very first highlight of the week of Parish of the Week. So tune in to Tech Tuesday because you'll find out about that. And we're going to invite you to join in with us. So send us an email at info at materdayradio.com. Tell us what you love about your parish and your pastor and then... Well, they'll be in the running for Parish of the Week here at Mater Day Radio. You can find out more information at materdayradio.com. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco, family dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Mater Day Radio is supported by our Leadership Circle members, including Mount Calvary and Gethsemane Catholic Funeral Services. Operated by the Archdiocese of Portland, services include the recently completed Gethsemane Funeral Home, located on the grounds of Gethsemane Cemetery in Happy Valley. The new funeral home provides burial services to the Catholic community, regardless of cemetery choice. For more information, visit ccpdxor.com. Hello, I'm Kevin Doran. And I'm Carla Wehrman, co-host of Sunday Commentary. Join us every weekend on Mater Day Radio, Saturday mornings at 7 and Sunday mornings at 8, as we break down the scripture readings so you can better prepare to enter into the beauty and mystery of the Holy Mass. It's fun, fast, and faith-filled. Let us share our love of the good news with you, Saturday mornings at 7 and Sunday mornings at 8 on Mater Day Radio. The bridge between your faith and everyday life. The Morning Blend, brewed in the Pacific Northwest, guaranteed fresh every day on Mater Day Radio, the station dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary. 826 on the Morning Blend with Brenda Pat and Eric on this Friday. Yeah, and it's going to be a shootout at the NBA All-Star Game involving an Oregon sports legend. We'll tell you more about that next. And in his letter to parishioners of the Archdiocese of Seattle, Archbishop Paul Aitchen looks back at 2023 and 
what's coming up in the year ahead. I'll have that annual report for you coming up in news. Here is Danielle Noonan, The Road Less Traveled. And we are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.
Saturday Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. That is Danielle Noonan and The Road Less Traveled. It's 831. In his annual letter to the people of the Archdiocese of Seattle, Archbishop Paul Achen reflects on the manifestations of the Lord's presence and grace at work that he saw during 2023 and looks ahead to the challenges and joys of 2024. The Archbishop highlighted the launch of the Partners in the Gospel, the Archdiocese Strategic Planning Initiative, as well as building bridges with cultural communities around the Archdiocese and across the globe. Archbishop Achen also highlighted attending the National Black Catholic Congress in July, saying it was a joyful educational and thought-provoking event for me to learn more and honor the experience of our Black Catholics. I will be a better pastor for having spent time learning with members of our Black Catholic Advisory Circle at this Congress. And he also shared the work being done between the Archdiocese and Native American communities around the Puget Sound. Alabama death row inmate James Barber was executed earlier this morning after the U.S. Supreme Court denied his request for a stay despite his claim that lethal injection could result in cruel and unusual punishment. Barber was sentenced to death for the 2001 murder of 75-year-old Dorothy Epps. During his appeals process, Barber asked the U.S. District Court to prevent the state of Alabama from executing him by any method other than nitrogen hypoxia an alternative to lethal injection that is allowed under Alabama law but has never been tried ever. Barber argued an execution by lethal injection would violate his rights under the Eighth Amendment, and he was asked to be put to death by the nitrogen gas. At St. Joseph's Catholic Church in Vancouver Thursday, homeless people came to find hope for a second chance. Project Homeless Connect held its annual event on the same day as the count to connect people in need with services like health benefits, housing resources, pet care, even haircuts. Outreach workers started counting homeless people early Thursday in Clark County as part of the point-in-time count. They'll try to document the number of people sleeping outside in vehicles and in emergency shelters. Now, Project Homeless Connect event provides a good start while also helping people get the support they need all in one place. Now, results from the count will be released in May. While it's common knowledge that the results are only a rough estimate, the data is needed for the county to qualify for federal funding and other resources. The 27th International St. Francis de Sales Meeting, organized by the Catholic Media Federation and the Sanctuary of Our Lady of Lourdes, is wrapping up today in France. Alessandro Giussotti, director at Vatican Media, describes the benefits of this gathering. It is important to have uh, exchanges of ideas uh, and to create a network that is very, very important for us, for the Dicastery for Communication, to promote, not to be the leader, but to promote uh, space and opportunities to create a network uh, between journalists of different uh, uh, output, uh, different media outlets, so radio, newspapers, televisions. The Catholic media professionals are addressing the changing habits brought about by the return of war to Europe, the arrival of artificial intelligence, and the Synod on Synodality initiated by Pope Francis. 
An atmospheric river is set to arrive today in Portland and southwest Washington, bringing soaking rains and warmer temperatures. Oregon and Washington are still recovering from last week's winter blast that left many trees vulnerable to the impact of more rain on an already saturated ground. Coin News is predicting two to four inches of rain possible from now through Sunday in metro area and in southwest Washington. In addition to falling rain, warmer temperatures, they're pushing the snow level to nearly 6,000 feet. So we can also experience rapidly melting snow that could add to the chance of minor flooding by Sunday and Monday. High temperatures going to be close to 60 degrees. <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> it's January. Oh, my goodness. It, wasn't it just in the 20s for like a prolonged period of time? It was in the it was teens. just yesterday, right? Yes. <laughs> in sports, two of the best shooters in basketball are ready to face each other in a unique competition during the NBA All-Star Weekend coming up in Indianapolis on February 16th through 18th. Golden State Warriors guard Steph Curry and WNBA star Sabrina Inescu, a legend at the University of Oregon who now plays for the New York Liberty, are going to compete in a three-point shootout as part of the NBA All-Star Game festivities. Now, you may wonder about this, but Inescu and Curry are very, very good friends. Inescu grew up in the Bay Area before she came up to Eugene to play for the Ducks. And uh, so they're, they're really tight. And I remember when she was in Oregon, Steph was always encouraging her. And I think he's he's really helped her with her game. But now we'll see if the, the, the uh, student can take care of the master, right? I love it. Now, with a three-point shootout, those are like timed like an event, like they have a certain amount of time in different parts around the three. They point have line. not set the rules yet. So okay. but traditionally that three point shootout is they get this, all, all these balls. And, and then the last one's the old ABA red, white, and blue ball. And that one counts as okay. for more points. Right. And but they don't, they don't have yet to reveal what these rules are okay. going to be. And just a random question though. I know that the basketball for women's sports, is it smaller? It's a little bit smaller. It, yeah. Is the height of the rim though the same? Everything else is, is pretty okay. much the same. Yeah. Yeah. But you're right. The basketball, I believe is just a little bit smaller in the WNBA. I'm, I'm going to check on that make okay. sure. Yeah. I'm going to look forward to this. Yeah. I'm this will be really cool. But I, as I said in the last hour, my money's on Sabrina. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There's something very frustrating about feeling trapped in a job that's not for you. However, those bills need to get paid, and sometimes it seems there are no other options. While the Bible may not explicitly address these modern job frustration, these verses serve as a spiritual support and encouragement, offering a positive perspective as you navigate the complexity of your work life. Of course, we're talking about work because not everyone gets to enjoy today's national have fun at work day. But you can make the most of the hours that you are there, especially if you dedicate them to the Lord. Open up your Bible to Colossians chapter 3, verse 23, where it says, Whatever you do, do from the heart as for the Lord and not for for others. Now, mm. this verse encourages us to approach our work with a positive attitude as if we are working for the Lord. It can bring a sense of purpose and fulfillment to our daily tasks. And in Psalms chapter 37, verse five, it says, commit your way to the Lord, trust in him and he will act. 
This verse encourages us to surrender our concerns to God, trusting that he will intervene in our lives. It provides assurance that our faith will guide us through challenging job situations. I think that's just such a great reminder because not not just at work, but in daily life too, we all have sufferings that we have to go through, but commit ourselves to the Lord and he'll get us through every trial. So today is National Have Fun at Work Day. Yeah. Right. We call those weekdays. Weekdays. <laughs> That's it for us. Yeah. You know, Brenda, I was actually thinking as you were saying that I, I can think of one Bible story about a man who was very frustrated at work. And that is the story of Jonah. He really did not want to do what God was telling him to do as a prophet. He didn't okay. He didn't want to do that. So enjoy your job lest you be swallowed up by, by a whale. whale. Yeah. <laughs> Mar- that that would look good uh, look good in, in one of those motivational posters. Yes. I love that. <laughs> we, we need to get on that. All right. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. Well, next week on Thursday, February 1st, St. Agatha School in Selwood is having an open house. St. Agatha offers pre-K through 8th grade education. Feel free to drop by to visit the teachers, look at the school, and maybe even meet some of the other families. And you can meet other Catholics in your area through attending events on our community calendar, which you can find at moderndayradio.com. Well, what are 10 really cool things about being Catholic? We have got the list, and we've got a few ideas of our own that we'll share with you next. Think about that. What are really cool, cool things, things about, about being Catholic? Okay. We'll check that soggy weather forecast next at Mater Day Radio. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. Hi, my name is Will Detheridge. I grew up going to St. Juan Diego and Holy Trinity in Portland, and I'm a young entrepreneur. My company, Catholics for Hire, helps bring the church into the digital world. Inspired by Blessed Carlo Acutis, Catholics for Hire creates websites, videos, podcasts, and other digital resources to help you evangelize. We also produce print media, such as bulletins, manage social media, and assist with online advertising. Our mission is to get parishes, nonprofits, and even businesses connected to talented young Catholic professionals across the country. If you're looking for a new website, a podcast producer, a newsletter redesign, or more, check out our website at catholicsforhire.com. We ask you to join us in asking our patron to pray for the new evangelization across digital media. Blessed Carlo Acutis, pray for us. Set on a hilltop in the midst of the Willamette Valley, life at Mount Angel Abbey is both unchanging and made ever new in the spirit of Christ. Steeped in a Benedictine tradition more than 1,500 years old, the monks of Mount Angel have prayed together five times a day for more than 130 years. We welcome you to come and join us in the ancient rhythm of monastic prayer and liturgy. Come seek the things that are above. Learn more at mountangelabbey.org. What's your next mission from God? You do have one. We all do. God has something in mind for us right where we are. 
This is Julie Anderko. Please join me on Your Next Mission from God, where the saints show us just how it's done. They've been through it, and sometimes they even got it wrong before they got it right. Listen to Your Next Mission from God, Saturday mornings at 7.15 and Sunday mornings at 8.15, right here on the bridge between your faith and everyday life, Mater Day Radio. 843 here at Mater Day Radio, high of 47 and low of 44 today as that atmospheric river is slow moving, but it's wet. Smaller creeks may swell, areas with poor drainage may pond from heavy rain and the snow melt. Areas that have lost trees are at an elevated landslide risk, so please be safe and try to stay warm and not wet this weekend. Currently, it is 44 degrees at St. John the Apostle Catholic Church in Oregon City. And 43 at St. Joseph the Worker Catholic Church in Portland. The show's not quite over, so relax and have a second cup of the morning blend. Well, here during the the show, we all have our smartphones out for various things. We're grabbing temperature. We're looking up the ages of actors and various (laughs) icons. That was the discussion today. We all have it on our phone. You can search for all kinds of things and then add the words near me. And then you can find it right in the area. Uh, So when getting ready for today's second cup, I found this article and it's by Bishop Thomas Tobin out in uh, Rhode Island, right? And and he came up with an idea. He said he went to his smartphone and just did a quick glance. And real quickly, in the first couple of minutes, he found 18 ways your phone has ruined your life, <laughs> 17 <laughs> memes for anyone who dislikes children, 13 bizarre things you can do with a can of Coke. I, you can cook with that for sure. Uh, and clean, I believe. Six ways you've been grilling your chicken all wrong. <laughs> and five reasons to stop drinking through a straw. All that in cat videos. All of that in dumb cat videos. <laughs> but he said, how about this? And he came up with a list. And I love this. He came up with a list of 10 really cool things about being Catholic. Lay it on me. I like the idea, though, just using the word cool Catholic. Really cool. Really cool. Really, not just cool. Really cool. I've never been one of the cool kids. <laughs> but oh, I I do feel you, like... You, you are... You epitomize cool. <laughs> I do. Okay. So I thought in today's second cup, we'll spend a little time talking about... We'll try to get through 10. I don't know if we'll get there. I'll run the list as we get closer. But let's talk about the really cool things... The really cool things about being a Catholic. Okay, lay, lay three All right. of us on. L- so, we'll do them in threes. Okay, so here's the first three that he says. I love this. Number one, confession. Mm. Number two, the rosary. Okay. And number three, the popes. Oh. Okay, so wow. okay. confession. I think a lot of people would say, huh, uh, there's nothing cool about going to confession. That's a really difficult thing. In fact, it's so difficult. There's so many Catholics who attend mass regularly but it's been many many years since they've gone to confession it's pretty cool when you come out yeah and here's what he says confession is a spiritual powerhouse it provides Mm -hmm. an opportunity for us to acknowledge our faults and failures hear the words of forgiveness and then set out on a new beginning yes every time you come out of the confessional it's an it's a new opportunity just in thinking about that, why wouldn't you want to go every month? Oh yeah. It's an incredibly powerful uh, sacrament of healing. You know, you're, you're 
healing that bond between you and God. And it's, it's, it helps you to, to really reconnect and it, it helps to just energize your prayer life again. And it really helps you to get your foot back into the door to the rest of the sacramental life of the church. I think that's perfect. It helps you again. Helps you get your foot back in. And yeah. again. Yeah. And, and again. again. Yeah. I, it, it, there is no limit on that, which is no. beautiful. And you got the Pope's. And the rosary, so... There's your rosary on okay, your so hand there. Three. So what are there's the next three. three? Well, before we get to the next three, we did kind of come up with some ideas of our own. This was not in the top three, but Patrick, you said right away. Yeah, number one for me, the Eucharist. The right Eucharist. Right off the top, yeah, yeah. And when you had talked about that, I had relayed the story about, uh, and I, I don't know what priest said it or where I was when I heard it, but he said that at the moment of the elevation is when heaven and earth kiss. Mm. And I just wow. think how beautifully intimate that is. Yeah, that's I would that's, say that's pretty cool. Really cool. That's yeah. really <laughs> cool for sure. All right, here's the next three: saints. Mm. They're pretty cool people. Relics. I, I have. I like relics, but sometimes I'm like. Yeah, I, huh. I get it. I get it. Yeah. And processions. Oh. Processions. So here's what he says about this that. Must be that little tent. Catholics love. A parade. Who doesn't? <laughs> Everybody loves a parade, right? I used to go to parades a lot when I was younger. Uh, I think, that, of course, the biggest one I've ever been to, the Rose Parade in uh, Pasadena. They don't get much bigger than that. One time only, I went to that one and I was a little girl. Uh, my mom and dad took it. I, I remember that it was really cold. <laughs> but now, a Eucharistic procession is yeah. amazing. The one that, that we do on Corpus Christi around here, those are incredible. Yeah, in fact, that's what he says. Some processions are short around the inside of a church or around the block. Some last for hours as they wind their way through the streets of town. Didn't we recently just talk about a Eucharistic procession that went on for like 18 or 20 hours. Uh, correct. In the Philippines. That's yeah, right. They yeah, filled yeah. the streets. Uh -huh. So uh -huh. many people were there. So uh, I can't imagine when you think about the presence, the true presence of Christ in the Eucharist, when you join in a Eucharistic parade, uh, Jesus is the grand marshal. <laughs> Right? Sure. That's awesome. That I think incredible. that's really, really cool. Okay, four to go. All right, here we go. So then there is blessings, mm. music, uh -huh. and guilt, which is kind of an unusual <laughs> okay. one there. Uh, everybody likes to make fun of Catholic guilt, often described as an overactive conscience that makes us think everything is a sin. You know, for example, when forgetting to floss or not finishing all the food on your plate becomes confession material. But while people make fun of Catholics for their scrupulosity, in fact, having a little guilt is a healthy habit. It keeps us from getting into trouble and inspires us to do the right thing. Ah, you got to. OK, we should not be living a guilt free life. Just, you know, making everything is OK. Therefore, there's no guilt involved in anything. Well, obviously, that's not the case. I don't think of that as really cool, though. But, okay. But, okay. So, it, what's it number one? So, when he gets down to the end of it, a really cool thing about being a Catholic, he says, a sense of humor. <laughs> I'll I'll admit, Catholics, Proof. we've got a great sense of humor. Here's what Bishop Tobin says. Chesterton said that angels can fly because they take themselves so lightly. 
I think the same can be said of Catholics. Without being disrespectful or sacrilegious, Catholics can tease about tease and joke about or self-deprecate just about anything in religion, including everything on this list. We can kind of have a laugh about it. After all, it's only Catholics who could turn a beautiful prayer to the Virgin, the Hail Mary, into an improbable touchdown pass. <laughs> and that is really cool. Support for Matra Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco, family dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Please join me, Father Gabriel Mosier, as we pray the divine praises. In the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Blessed be God, blessed be his holy name. Blessed be Jesus Christ, true God and true man. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Blessed be his most sacred heart. Blessed be his most precious blood. Blessed be Jesus and the most holy sacrament of the altar. Blessed be the Holy Spirit, the paraclete. Blessed be the great mother of God, Mary most holy. Blessed be her holy and immaculate conception. Blessed be her glorious assumption. Blessed be the name of Mary, Virgin and Mother. Blessed be Saint Joseph, her most chaste spouse. Blessed be God in his angels and in his saints. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Support for Monterey Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Westside Masonry Incorporated, providing residential masonry projects in brick, block, concrete, and cultured stone. For more information on fireplaces, patios, driveways, hardscapes, excavation, retaining walls, and fencing, call 503-805-7464. Westside Masonry Incorporated, CCB number 167779. What do the famous Batmobile, Lovebug, and Mystery Machine have in common? They were all given to Mater Day Radio's vehicle donation program. Well, not really, but they could have been, and you could do the same. If you have a car, truck, van, RV, or boat that you no longer need, consider donating it to Mater Day Radio. It's quick and easy, and a likely tax deduction for you. And you'll be supporting uplifting Catholic radio programs. Information on our website at materdayradio.com. It's good to the very last drop. The Morning Blend on Mater Day Radio. Leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. No decaf here because you're going to need it this weekend. It's going to be wet and rainy. A 100% chance of rain today. We could see precipitation levels up to a foot in some areas of the valley. What? So, yeah. High today up huh. to 48. And uh, then uh, just rain, rain, rain. But Sunday, we could catch a break and highs in the 60s. That's walking What's weather. What's going on here? 45 right now here in Bridge City. And closing out our show today, here is Josh Blakesley. Sing hallelujah. And we are Pat and Brenda on the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. That's really cool.
And that is Josh Blakesley with Sing Alleluia. It is 8.59 here at Mater Day Radio. Alleluia. Wow, look at that. National Have Fun at Work Day. We do that every day. Every day. Every single day. But I would say Fridays are especially fun (laughs) days. Because we're really cool. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> Nobody has ever accused me of being really cool, Brenda. Yeah, until... well, <laughs> till this morning, Pat. <laughs> so stay dry this weekend. Stay okay. safe. At least we don't have to deal with snow. That's one way to look at it. That is a very good yeah. way to look at it. Always a positive, positive spin, too. And then Sunday, 60s. Woo! Okay, be ready for it. Uh, that's going to wrap it up for the morning blend. New episode of View from the Pew. We're going to talk more about addiction and that interview that we heard today. Have a very blessed day. God bless you.